You've probably heard the expression, practice makes perfect, right? Although I don't think that's really how it goes. I think the expression should be, practice makes automatic. We'll come back to that. But first, think about how you would respond in the following life situations. Say you give a chore to a child, a really simple chore to do around the house, and over the course of the day, as you are kind of out and about doing all of the things that you need to get done, you come back and you see that nothing has happened. That child has done nothing all day long, not even tried to attempt to finish their chore. What do you do? Maybe you share something important with someone that you trust, and you're the type of person that is maybe a little bit more private, not wanting the whole world to know about everything going on in your life, and maybe you're the kind of person that doesn't always like toot their own horn with every success, and maybe you're also the kind of person that doesn't always ask for help when you could use a little help. And you find out that the person you shared this important information with has also told someone else. Someone that you're close to, but you weren't expecting it. What do you do? Maybe you're in the midst of a conversation at work or gathered outside with the neighbors or even worse, at a family gathering, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, someone says something that is so off the wall, insensitive, that you just don't even know what to do, and you just get up and walk away, walk out of the conversation, because you have been so upset by their hurtful words. And even when it's explained to the person that why it is you would react the way that you just did, the person doesn't even bother to come seek you out to apologize for saying what they did. What do you do? I don't know how you would respond to any one of those circumstances or any of the other circumstances that you face day in and day out, but I know that I have never spoken the words, peace be with you, in any one of those situations. I've never responded in a way to immediately offer my help or try to see the situation from their perspective. Instead, responses to these kinds of situations tend to be negative, resulting out of frustration, a little anger, disappointment, and hurt, which is always about us. How would you respond from where you are worshiping right now if I said the words, peace be with you? And also with you. I heard it, I knew it. It was an automatic response to the words that I spoke. You didn't even have to think about it. You just did it. And you've done it so many times before. It's been practiced. Practice makes automatic. We have a great story for 
our worship time today. But if you want to talk a little bit more about it, you should join me on Sunday morning at 1130. You can check out the Zoom link that was emailed out. And if you're not able to attend at that time, then just go back and read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. It's a great story of what the women encounter that first Easter morning. And then the story that comes right before the one that Becky read for us today is such a great story. It's Cleopas and his companion, probably his wife, who are coming back from Jerusalem, going to Emmaus, and they are trying to make sense of all of the things that have just taken place. Starting with the crucifixion of Jesus. Such a sad, tragic, violent sort of day. And then, uh, come Easter morn, they hear this story, this wild tale from the women, that Jesus' body isn't in the tomb like it should be. And they don't know what to believe. They don't know what to even do to make sense of it all. And they're trying to figure it all out in their minds. And as they're walking home, all of a sudden a stranger appears in their midst. And he starts asking questions, and all of a sudden, he starts opening their minds to understanding the scriptures in a way that they hadn't before. And then finally, as they're close to home, they invite the stranger to come with them and come and um, stay a little longer at their house. And so the stranger accepts the invitation and their hospitality. And then at the table, he takes bread and he breaks it and he shares it with them. And then immediately, just like that, they recognize who this stranger is. It's the Lord. And just like that, Jesus disappears from their very eyes. That gets us to the gospel that we have for today. Jesus comes back, and as they are all gathered together, they don't even know what to do, what to say. They think they're seeing a ghost. But in reality, whatever image they were seeing, it had flesh. It had bones. It had hands and feet. It could be touched. And... The person was hungry, hungry enough to ask for broiled fish. It almost seems as if Jesus knew that they needed to be able to see for themselves with their eyes. They needed to be able to hear it with their ears. They needed to be able to touch with their hands. They needed to be able to hear the words that Jesus once spoke to remember all that had happened before. Take note of how physical this story is. Someone recently said to me, only Jesus can multitask. And I think they were trying to remind me of my humanness. Multitasking is often lifted up on a gold pedestal as something to try and achieve, to work for, to strive for, to be praised for when you are able to do five things at once. Maybe listen to two people who are requesting things of you all while you're making dinner, all while you're listening to the evening news and praying for every single story of hurt and hardship 
that you hear. A lot of things happening all at once. But chances are we're human. And it's probably best that we focus on one thing, one person at a time. Because when we try and do two or three or four or five things, chances are we are not really present for any of them or anyone. When it comes to this kind of story that we have in front of us for today in this post-Easter season, it is so easy for us to shake our heads and claim our lowly human status, thinking that we can't possibly do all of the things that Jesus did in his life, divine that he was. That's the work for maybe the saints among us, the, the people like the Mother Teresas in our world, the people not afraid to talk about their faith with others. That's not who we are. We are just human, except when we try to be divine and multitask. Let's take a look at this story. It's not all abstract. It's not all spiritual and divine. It's not like the story of the transfiguration where Jesus goes up on the mountain with a couple of the disciples and then all of a sudden before their eyes, Moses and Elijah, these two greats from the Old Testament, appear before him. It's not like the stories that we hear in the Gospels of Jesus healing people, restoring people to the communities that they were once a part. It's not like the stories where Jesus was able to feed thousands of people all at once with hardly much at all. When you look at this story, it is so very physical. And at the end of the story, their human minds are open to a perspective that they hadn't fully understood on their own. They're reminded of the words that Jesus had once spoke. They heard that even though Jesus had suffered, he was, in fact, raised from the dead. Though they had been slow to figure it all out, Jesus came and appeared in their midst. And he didn't do that to come and yell at them for not figuring it out sooner. He didn't come to yell at them for not getting enough done. He didn't come vowing to never trust them again. He didn't come to dismiss them. Jesus came into their midst and spoke words that have incredible power when we hear them with every part of our body, our ears, our hearts, our minds, our spirits. And what do you do when you hear this? Peace be with you. And also with you. It's an automatic response. It's an automatic response because of years of practice. Right after this gospel passage, Jesus leads them all out and then he lifts up his arms before them and then he blesses them. 
is such a physical story. So hopefully you hear that. And you hear that what Jesus is asking of all of us is not some divine spiritual request that's way beyond our humanness. What Jesus asks of us is to use our eyes, to use our ears, to use our hearts, to notice one another. What Jesus asks of us is that we might touch one another in a way that makes their heart burn within them. In a way not like a heartburn, but in the way that is filled with hope and anticipation and excitement for something greater. What Jesus asks of us is to break bread with one another, to share a meal with one another, to make a meal and deliver it for someone else. What Jesus asks of us is that we receive a meal from someone else too at times. What Jesus asks of us is that we follow, not needing to try and figure it all out on our own, but we just keep on simply walking with him, worshiping, and allowing Jesus to bless us for this journey that we travel. Jesus always blesses us. May you receive these words that Jesus gives to you this day. Peace be with you. Amen.